0: From 4th, this is So What Do You Do? podcast. When someone tells you what they do for work, do you ever secretly think, okay, but what do you actually do? I'm Ellie, and you, my friend, are in the right place. We interview everyday professionals from all positions in all industries. So sit back, relax, and learn where you too can thrive in a nine-to-five. Today we speak with Austin Biggs, and Austin is a Senior Demand Management Executive at SAP. Austin serves in this sales role for Software as a Service, and he really helps us understand not only what he does in this role, but how he got there. He talks a little bit about his athletic experience in college and how that really led him to his first job, why being in a sales role has provided flexibility and great opportunity in his current role, and spoiler alert, he even tells you that he will serve as a reference for you in your job search. Wow. Let's listen in and hear what Austin has to say. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Today we have a special guest. We have Austin on the phone. So, Austin, without any further ado, please introduce yourself and tell us what do you do.
1: Hey, guys. Um, uh, thanks, Ellie, for having me on. Um, my, again, my name's Austin Biggs. Uh, I actually work for SAP. I'm um, technically uh, part of inside sales, uh, but somehow fall under marketing for SAP. But, um, but yeah, my exact title would be uh, demand management executive. So what that means is I'm responsible for, you know, finding new opportunity, new sales opportunities across North America. And then once I do, so I meet with, you know, and it's all over the phone or via email, but I'll, I'm calling on CFOs. Uh, chief procurement officers, uh, folks in sourcing, supply chain, uh, even in finance. And I'm finding, you know, figuring out what their initiatives are for this year um, when it comes to, you know, those areas of interest like procurement, supply chain, et cetera.
0: Okay, perfect. Awesome, Austin. Thank you for sharing. So before we dive really deep into what that means and what your everyday is, Can you give us a quick background on how you got to this role? So maybe what you studied in college, where you went to school in college, and kind of that first step that you took out of college and and what you did at that point.
1: Yeah, so um, I actually uh, attended Emanuel College in Franklin Springs, Georgia. It's about 20 minutes from Athens. Uh, I went there on a basketball scholarship. Um, originally started out in sports management um, because I thought I wanted to, you know, get into coaching or, you know, maybe be an assistant or some kind of uh, trainer um, and help, you know, high school kids and all that. Um, but about halfway through, I want to say my sophomore year, I decided I could do a lot more with a business administration um, bachelor's degree. Um, so... I changed majors. It didn't affect me too badly because I was. It was very early on when I switched, um, but I was glad I did because it, it just opened the door for so many more opportunities. Um, where with sports management, I was kind of, you know, I could only do something around sports. Yeah, so um, started there, and then uh, I went to Manual, played basketball for my first year, ended up getting uh, blowing out my knee real bad. Um, but the good thing was they kept me on scholarship. Which was nice, so it helped me pay for school. And I'm not sure if you guys know uh, where Emmanuel is or anything about it. But it's a private Christian school, um, so it's very expensive. <laughs> so to have that scholarship, but um, about my junior year, um, I decided I wanted to work because I had free time, and so I started working actually for the campus and uh, missions. And so basically, I was calling. I started cold calling and calling on you know high school students and. know getting them interested in you know potentially coming to a manual and giving tours and answering you know those questions that you know a lot of high school students have when they come to visit a college Um, and even questions that they don't have that they don't know they have Um, so um, that kind of opened the door for more opportunities once I graduated so I want to say about a week before I graduated from college back in 2015 I landed an interview with a company called Apex Systems. Uh, they're they're an IT recruiting firm, um, and basically they were looking for someone right out of college that had, you know, cold calling experience and you know experience to dealing with people on the phone and you know someone with a go-getter attitude. Um, so they hire a lot of athlete, ex ex athletes and uh, you know people that have that competitive nature in them. Um, so I started out there. Uh, I worked for Apex Systems for about ten months. Uh, realized it was not for me. Um, it was just kind of monotonous. Um, it was the same role every day, same meetings, and you know, basically, I was calling on you know, uh, mostly like cute. I don't know if you know quality assurance testing people. Um, you know, real technical people that I just did not understand any of the lingo. Um, you know, folks that worked in software and you know, a lot of these like Java developers and you know, folks along those lines. And it was just it was very hard for me to pick up on, you know, to pitch them a job that I had no idea what they would be doing. So luckily I knew a friend of mine um that worked at SAP Ariba at the time. And uh I kept asking him, you know, it was probably a six month process, um, but basically I kept, I kept asking him cause I said a huge company. I kept asking him, Hey, you know, do you have any openings? Is there someone you can refer me to? And I just kind of stayed at it. And then finally, um, about six months later, a job opportunity presented itself. And, um, I went and interviewed and then it took another two months, but in about four interviews that I went through with the same folks, but uh, finally was offered the position and I've uh, been with STP ever since. Um, So it's, it's been awesome.
0: Okay. That is such great context. And one thing I want to call out too, about your story that I think is great is you used something that you learned in school, um, especially in terms of being in athletics um, to kind of catapult you into that first role. And, and like you said, with Apex, you, that wasn't, the best fit. Like you said, it was a little monotonous. I know you said it was a lot of cold calling, but someone that needed really competitive drive and not, not afraid to talk to people. Um, but I also just want to say, I, I love the part of your story where you're like, okay, I was there for 10 months and, um, I knew it wasn't for me. And I reached out to a buddy of mine at SAP and, and really got your foot in the door that way, but you didn't, um, you know, you didn't just abandon ship. You didn't say, I'm done with this, um, on to the next. Um, you know, you stuck it out. 10 months is a good amount of time to really dive into something and realize, no, I don't like it. Um, and then you used your connections and your friendships um, to make that jump to the next step, which is where you're at now. So that's the perfect transition point into our second segment of the podcast, which is What do you actually do? I meet students all the time, and when we're talking about roles, and most of us, I would say, we don't understand what some of these words mean because they're pretty vague um, in terms of coordinator, sales manager. It's like, okay, well, what do you do every day? That's really what I need to know. So, when we're uncovering that, can you walk us through maybe an average day, what that looks like for you? Um, Break up your day by percentage or whatever makes most sense to kind of explain?
1: yeah of course um so my title is demand management executive and what that means it's really more of a business development role um so i've i've been i was recently promoted so now i just have a senior title so i'm a senior demand management executive um but basically what that means is I'm responsible for finding these new sales opportunities across North America. So I specifically support regulated industries from what SAP calls it. Um, so what that means is uh, anything government-related, DOD, aerospace and defense, healthcare, public sector, um, higher education, any of those verticals in the US, um, That those are accounts that I would support. So I have about 970 accounts that I support this year, um, no. and it's always, it's always changing, um, but my percentage, I guess, if I were to break it down, I would say about 30% of the time. No, not 30%. I would say probably 50% of the time I'm emailing folks. Uh, we have many tools that allow us to um, reach out to you know thousands of people at a time um, without being marked as spam. <laughs> um, I'm sure everybody gets those emails where they say unsubscribe or you know any of those personal emails that you'd get. But uh, we have many tools that allow us to do this big outreach um, because I do have so many accounts. Um, I don't think there's any way I could you know reach out to 970 accounts with about 10 to 20 people per account in one year. There's just no time to do that if you're doing one-off emails. But, right. Yeah. So about 50% of the time I'm emailing, um, I would say 25% of the time I'm doing a lot of admin work and, you know, da- uh, data entry. Um, so I'm, I'm keeping up with spreadsheets, you know, for my contacts, um, and then, uh, entering opportunities once we do find one, uh, making sure the data looks right, checking notes, um, and basically presenting them to our sales team. Um, to accept it and that's how I get commission. Um, so, yeah, so my role, it's, it does have a weird title, demand management executive, but it's really more of an inside sales type role, but I'm just not responsible for closing. So I'm responsible for finding the deals and the opportunities and then I'm handing it off to an outside you know, sales executive to try and close.
0: That's that's really interesting. And I, I love this perspective because I think and I did a, a an episode with my dad who's in sales, but he sits in a different space. He kind of um works with uh more he works um more independently, not under an organization. And his story in sales is very different than yours. And I, and I love the contrast because I think sometimes it's hard to remember that in sales, first of all, every business needs sales. If they're making money, someone is selling, right? And so I think having the skill of selling and sales is so crucial in your career in general. Um, But I, I really think it's neat to hear your perspective because, yes, you are great with people and have relational skills and, of course, need to be able to communicate your product and your value and, and you know, sell, but you are not on the closing end. You are really casting this wide net and getting as many leads in as possible. Um, and I love that you're using a little bit of analytical skill in terms of organizing, putting things in spreadsheets, making sure that everything ticks and ties so that so that your company or your team can ultimately make the sale and can ultimately close. So it's a different perspective on selling, but I think it's really important to highlight that these types of roles do exist.
1: Yeah, and not not every company has them. It's starting to get more popular where they have you know an inside sales that's specific for finding the deals and then an outside sales team for closing, um, just because I think companies are starting to realize that it's more effective that way instead of putting all the pressure on an outside salesperson to go find these, you know, we call them net new opportunities where, you know, they didn't exist before. Um, so I, I think it's very beneficial for companies to start doing that. Um, you know, SAP has seen, you know, we're one of the largest software companies in the world and, you know, I, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So, right. yeah, so highly, you know, I, I think that, you know, the market's starting to change and, you know, these, these larger corporations are starting to, you know, transition that way.
0: That's great context. Thank you. And with that, and you've given us an amazing overview of the different types of roles that you fill and the skills that you use. So now I would love to just hear your perspective on why you love your job, maybe what your favorite thing is, and then compare that with maybe the most challenging or just your least favorite.
1: Okay. Um, so probably before, even before all this coronavirus stuff, um, I love how flexible my job is. Um, I have an awesome manager, um, who's always been supportive. Um, so, you know, our team works from home, you know, two, three times a week. Uh, my, my office is actually about 20 miles away. So it saves me gas and it just gives me the flexibility to get things done around the house and. You know, I can work and not have to waste that extra hour, hour and a half on, you know, having to go into an office, Mm -hmm. especially living in Atlanta. It's it's, the traffic's the worst. Um, So, so yeah, it definitely gives me that flexibility, which I love. Um, You know, I love having my own territory to go after. I'm not competing with anybody within my team. Um, So. it's it's, I just basically I love the flexibility um, and just being able to create my own schedule for the day and kind of do my own thing uh, as long as I'm hitting my numbers Um, so yeah um, probably my least favorite um, you wanted about this job or my least favorite overall like in my working life like overall
0: probably probably in this job um just what is either the most challenging for you and that doesn't mean it's bad it just means what is has been the hardest for you to learn or to grow in or just like your least favorite thing to do maybe the most boring or whatever
1: um probably my least favorite thing about my job and it's nothing that would stand out from any other you know inside sales role. It's, you know, getting creative with, you know, emails and like we call them email campaigns and, you know, coming up with like the verbiage and everything to present our solutions and try and get that meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but probably the most difficult thing is just getting in touch with these folks. So like, you know, I'm, you know, SAP goes after, you know, large corporations. So mostly we look at companies, we target companies that are over, are over a billion in revenue. Um, so these folks that I'm calling on are like the high level executives, like the CFOs and the folks that are actually running these corporations. So most of the time they don't have time for the little people like me. Um, so usually I'm talking to their assistants and, you know, getting the runaround of why they can't meet with me. So coming up with these emails to try and grab their attention, that's probably the hardest job. Um, the hardest thing about my job, but, um, that being said it's the most difficult part is just getting them on the phone and getting that meeting
0: right it's it's getting to the right person um and through all the gatekeepers i'm sure um i always remember that with my dad talking being in sales his whole life you know it's like getting to the right person and getting through all the wrong people is yeah. super hard <laughs> um so thank you that that makes tons of sense um and so really what I would love to transition to is kind of this final piece where we can really educate my audience on if this is of interest to them and, and you and I are in the same season of life and, you know, we're not that far out of college. And so a lot of these listeners, um, I hope if they're listening to this thinking, gosh, that sounds great. I definitely think I could see myself in this space. I love technology and software. I definitely see myself in in a selling role, whatever that may look like. If you were a young person listening to this interview and they wanted your job in 5, 10, 15 years, what, what would be your piece of advice for the best next step for them today or upon graduation?
1: Uh, the best step, I would say, send me an email or add me on LinkedIn, and I'll be your reference.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, mean, I love it.
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, I think the best way to get into a company that you want to be a part of is, you know, obviously have your LinkedIn ready to go, connect with as many people as possible, and look actually who your network is and see, okay, do I know anybody at this company? that's how, that's how I found my way in with SAP. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it it is all, I'm sure you, you know, the listeners have heard this over and over it's all about who, you know, and who you network with. Mm -hmm. Um, So cast the wide net and just meet with, especially now while you're, you know, in high school or in college, if you get your name out there and get people talking about you, that's a good thing. You're, you're going to have so many people on your team and, you know, willing to go to bat for you um no matter what position you're, you're looking for um so i would say that's probably the best best thing to do um you know i when i started at sap I, I had no idea what procurement or sourcing was i had no idea mm-hmm. um i just i had to have somebody sit down and explain it to me and look it up on google <laughs> <laughs> so it is all i didn't even know i was gonna love this job like i do Um, I just, I knew I needed something different and needed a change and I took the best option. Um, so really it's all about who, you know, and, you know, don't take it, not to say to take advantage of your relationships, but take advantage of your relationships. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: And that goes perfectly with fourth's um, mission, and uh, I, I say it all the time, and I feel like a broken record, and I think those of us removed from school understand how true that sentiment is of it's who you know, but for some reason, I find more and more college students and young people really have a hard time with that. They know that that's true, but they don't understand exactly how to utilize their people. And so that's part of what I do with fourth, but I am so grateful to hear that you want these fine folks to connect with you on LinkedIn. I will be linking Austin's LinkedIn in the show notes, um, so that you can go ahead and make that connection, send him a message, tell him how much you loved hearing from him on the podcast and, and what you took away from our conversation. Um, but, uh, the fact that he's saying, reach out to me and I'll be a reference. Don't take that lightly because that is um, a huge, um, opportunity for you. If, if his job or, or his opportunity, his career path sounds interesting to you. So, um, with that, Austin, thank you so much for your time and your, your wisdom and your story. And, um, thanks so much for being on. So what do you do? Thanks for listening. If you loved this episode and are inspired by this 9 to 5, let us know. Subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Screenshot this episode and tag us on social at 4th underscore LLC. We would love to hear what professionals and industries you want to hear from next. Want more career guidance, discovery, and inspiration? Be sure to visit our website goforthllc.com and browse our career downloads, read our blogs, and get inspired to go forth.